0: Who loves Brandon? Anyone make some noise? Who loves the Barcelonas? Anyone make some noise? Who's excited for number three? Is it number three on the way? Number four, number five, number six? Cam, what are you doing back here? Look at this guy. What up, G? I love you. Oh, man, guys. I'm excited. Are you excited? Do you like who you're sitting next to? Okay. All right. You could switch seats if you want to. You could switch seats if you would like to. I'm excited. I love. Uh, I've known obviously Brandon. You're the man. Where would he go? He's somewhere. There you are. I love you, bro. Uh, that was a crazy trip. That was years ago. I didn't. I totally forgot about that. Love Brandon. Love the Barcelona's. Known Brian for over ten years. So so fun. I was here. In uh, LA, when they met for the first time on that outdoor outreach deal, and I was just—I was a part of that story. So just being, you know, by you know osmosis, and then Barcelona, Barcelona. Do you see that Barcelona, 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 Marcella, Barcelona? That's Barcelona. You like that? Moving on. Uh, Marcella prayed in Chandler. Just probably, probably thirty-three percent. You know, thirty-three percent. This is my wife, Chandler, right here. Uh, marcelona how did that happen it's late night setting we have some exciting things coming but we're gonna we're gonna jump in but but i'm so excited because i just feel that uh what we've seen how long one voice been going on for, ten years. I've known you for ten, years. 10 years i met when i met brian just 10 years 2010. 2010 met him he came in it was a here's what's funny can, can we just have a family moment here's what's funny. It was, uh, he walked in, uh, he was playing, uh, he was leading worship. He just, you had just got into Elk Grove like a few months ago, right? Yeah, and, it growing, yeah. and it started growing like crazy. He comes in, he's playing bass, and I feel like the Lord told me this guy has a, has a sound not only for music, but for a generation, right? And so I have no idea what he's doing. We become friends, you know. He blew me away with his bass licks and all his electric. If you don't know, he could play music like crazy, yeah. Um, and then 10 years later now we're doing, I'm doing stuff with, with circuit riders and carry the love all about inspiring a generation to love like Jesus. I've been doing missions for 14 years. I've been doing college stuff for 11 and he's been doing it for, for 10 plus years. But I'm so excited because what has happened in these first 10 years is not even going to, you know, touch what's going to happen in these next 10 years. And I feel like I I brought, I'm bringing a message this morning that really impacted our Circuit Rider crew from the beginning, still does, because I feel like what God's getting ready to do, not only in one voice, but even in your life, is going to blow your mind there's a reason why there's warfare there's a reason why you've been battling there's a reason why you feel in transition why because you're on the precipice of a crazy breakthrough okay so this is both for one voice and for yourself okay so take this as your family's message but even if you're not a part of one voice you just walked in you're like i came for the donuts i don't even know what this is it was open this is good for you too okay this is going to be a message my, obviously you, you, you heard, my name is Sammy Rodriguez. This is my wife, Chandler. We love Jesus. If you know anything about us, we love Jesus. We love the word of God. We believe the Bible is inspired. It is written. It is that good. I sleep with it as my pillow. No, I don't, but I could. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that good. It brings life. We believe it's truth. We don't believe that part of it is truth. We believe all of it is truth. Amen. We believe every single part of the Bible will, will, will rock your life. Even the table of contents. You know, you could get saved by looking at the maps. It's that crazy. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, you know um just kidding but uh, you never know um But I'm excited because, you know, we have this. And then tonight, I know, you know, you might have heard, but we're doing a joint gathering circuit riders with the meeting place, Will Chung in Anaheim, where, you know, One Voice did the, the Vox conference. We're doing it tonight. Over probably a thousand young people are going to come out. So you're obviously welcome. But I'm excited because when I was talking with Brian and, and, and Marcelona, just kidding. Nah, that was just, that just from the Lord. That was Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Um, as I was talking with them a few weeks ago when they were out with us, you know, Chandler and I love you guys love this crew, but we felt like, man, we, we just want to get up there. We just want to get in the room and Brian so graciously he's like, Hey, why don't you bring a word? And, and again, like I said, this word marked our circuit rider crew and, and is will always mark our crew. And it's, it's really is the culture of faith. Everyone say culture of faith, culture of faith. but, but the title of this, if you're taking notes, you know, you need them to get into heaven. No, you don't. That's no bad joke. Moving on. Uh, it's the pioneering minority plus God. And I'm going to read to you a Bible verse out of actually the OT, the Old Testament. It's still good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't have to get rid of that. And I'm going to read you a verse because here, here's what's crazy is that, you know, I'm always baffled that God doesn't need a lot of people to do his work, right? Like right now, give me the numbers, Brian. It's about what, 20,000 high schools in America, in America, 15,000. 32,000. And that's just high schools. Just high school. And then middle schools. How many? About? Man, I don't know. Who knows? That's, that's the next 10 years. But 32,000 <laughs> 32, high schools, right? And we get the statistics. My stats are 5,000, you know, colleges, you know, 2,500 are unreached, meaning there, there are no Christian ministries on 25 of them. Less than 5% are go to an organized Christian group on high schools. What do they say the statistic is about? The only thing. Dang. 10,000 high school kids in one missionary, right? So, so again, right. We're at a place of desperation. Everyone say desperation, desperation. but, but that's not bad, right? In the same way on campuses, we will break it down like this in LA in this area, right? Less than half a percent, 1% goes to an organized Christian group on universities. And here's what's so crazy is that it's not a united 1%. It's a highly divisive and divided 1%, right? But, but what's so crazy to me is that if you look at the way that Jesus changed the world, is he chose men and he chose women that were called that changed the world. Look at him when he came. He chose 12 men, right? Just think about it. 12 men. One of them was a hater, right? Judas. We, we ain't going to talk about him, right? But 11 men are the reason we're standing here today. 11 men, right, and 120, there were men and women and children all involved, but they are the reason that we're here in this room today because of their obedience and their yes to God. So in the same way, why I'm saying all this stuff is that a lot of times we get these statistics, right, and it's not that I disagree with statistics, but the reality is is that I feel like, you know, that's not what I encounter. Probably similar to you, you know, when you go on a high school, it's not that, you know, high school students don't want God, they just don't want religion. They just don't want something fake. But when you walk onto a campus, right, when we walk onto a campus, everything changes. Why? Because you're bringing something real. I want, I want to read you th- this out. We just have finished six weeks of, um, of Carry the Love, Just, just, you know, 14 teams. And in six weeks on high schools, 15,974 students gathered. 852 of them got saved. Come on, make some noise. 69 physical healings, right? How about let's talk about Europe because everyone's like, you know, America, yeah, but Europe is postmodern it, all the way, right? On, on Europe with two teams, I think one high school team, 1,978 high school students gathered in Europe. 368 got saved in Europe, right? And then in total altogether, right? Total all together. I didn't give you the college numbers, but in total, we saw tw- all, close to About, or we saw 24,488 gathered on universities and high schools. 2,043 get saved and 345 healings. Again, that's just with us, right? That's just with us. Brian was talking to me in the back room about, you know, one voice across America, how many students have been impacted just in these past few months, right? And so the word that I want to bring you is, that, is a word in the beginning that came to our circuit rider school. It's called the pioneering minority plus God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. If you would like to take notes, you can take notes. But in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Somebody say faithful. And in, in Hebrews 11:1, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the convictions of things not yet seen. Right. And then in verse in verse six, it says this. And without faith, it is impossible. Somebody say impossible. Impossible. It says impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that that through one voice, through circuit riders, Lord, we're taking Mondays back in Jesus name. We're rebranding Mondays, Lord, as a day. Not, not, we're, not, we're not looking anxiously to Mondays. We're excited. Monday mornings are the best mornings. We look forward to it. And Lord, we thank you so much, even the way that the worship team was leading, that Brian was stirring us up. God, we thank you, Jesus, already. Lord, whatever we're at, Lord, wherever, whatever's going on, whether we're on a mountaintop or a valley low, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we talk about impossible, everyone say impossible. Because the reality is, is that, you know, in our life, you're either right now on a mountaintop or a valley low or somewhere in between, right? You might have walked in here, you know, cloud 99. You're like, best Valentine's Day I've ever had. We're dating. It's amazing. It's great. You know, you might have walked in here and you're like, the worst Valentine's Day I ever had. I'm single. I ain't never getting married. Mother Teresa is my name, right? Whatever. You know, because when we... When you think about impossible, different ones of us have different impossible things, you know. And, 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 and you know, and people might say, you know, it's impossible for the tide to turn on high schools and colleges. Well, they're wrong, and, and, and they'll know it in a second, you know. But, you know, all these things that they're saying impossible, and, and one thing that a lot of people, because Circuit Riders, we have 150 on staff, 150 students, there's 300, and there is a lot of single people in circuit riders. If you're single and you love it, raise your hand. Raise it up high. If you single and you ha- if you're just single, just raise your hand. I'll say if you hate it. If you're married, raise your hand. Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, raise it, don't do it. So A lot of times, you know, I'm coaching my buddies, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. And they're just like, I'm never getting married. I'm like, you're 22, bro. Just just chill. Seek the Lord and move forward. It's going to be okay, All right. And when I think about my impossible task, it really was in many ways. Like, I remember when I met Chandler, I was super single. You know what I mean? And I mean, super single met her at a worship. The Lord had to set everything up for me. You know what I mean? It was a worship night. I was speaking at It was like 15,000 in the room. I was sharing about carry the love. You know what I mean? The Lord said, I'm just gonna put all your good things on display because you're gonna shoot out of the park for this, right? And I remember I met Chandler and I think about an impossible thing and I met her and we vibed well together. You know what I mean? And then I was looking at her hand. I'm like, Lord, please, Jesus, let there not be a ring on that finger. Cause, and then I didn't see one. I was like, thank you, God, you're so good. If it it was a ring, I'd be like purity ring in Jesus name. You know and then I remember thinking, just like praying, just like, God, let her not have a boyfriend because I would hate to make him disappear. I, I, I'll i do it. I'll do it, but I, I'd hate for that to happen. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Puerto Rican mafia, right? I mean, anyways. Anyway, my dad's Puerto Rican. Moving on. But it didn't, you know, no boyfriend, no ring on the finger, you know, I did my best, you know, you know, I, we first met, you know, ran into each other, she turns, she goes, I'm supposed to be looking for you, and in my mind, I was like, I it was, it literally said in my mind, girl, I've been looking for you my whole life, girl, but, 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 poker face, right, because you don't want to freak her out, like, oh my God, and she's like, whoa, 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 singleness for a few more years, right, but again, we're having fun, but, but, when you think about, you know, sometimes impossible situations, it's so funny. Sometimes our impossible really is just inconvenient. I'm going to say it again because you didn't catch it. Sometimes we, we label something impossible, but really it's just inconvenient. I'm going to say it again. Hey, I'll have to rem- Sometimes we label something as impossible, but it really is inconvenient. Right? It's impossible, right? People will people will trumpet it. It's impossible for this to change. It's impossible for this, but really, it's just inconvenient for you. Sometimes we label something as impossible, but really, it's just uncomfortable, right? Oh, this is impossible to change. It's impossible in my life to to break this addiction. No, no, no. It's possible, but it's just going to be uncomfortable. Or sometimes we label something as impossible, but really. We just feel an insignificance to fill that role. And I, what I feel like is that I feel like these 10 years have been the foundation for One Voice is launching. These 10 years, imagine what you what, think about this. And, and as Brian does this, just for a second, just for a moment. Live, go back 10 years where you were 10 years ago. Just, just, you don't, 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 just do it quick. Don't, don't, don't go back and get depressed on me, right? 10 years ago, where were you? That's when all this started. Now, fast forward 10 years. Th- think about the, the prayers that God answered. Think about the prayers that God didn't answer in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Some of you single people are like, you thought you were gonna marry him. You're like, please, God, give me him. Please, God. But the Lord said no. And then you look back, you're like, I dodged a bullet in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Glory to God. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Backwards. Here we go. <laughs> Back. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm a true Laker fan. I'm going to try not to, you know, show some skin. Hang on. I am very sad about Kobe. I know many of us are. Oh, yeah. I had to rock Kobe, hang on. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Come on, Sammy. Oh, gee. Thank you, bro. Because here's the thing is this is a, this is a family moment because I feel like God is getting ready to activate you to where you're going. Real quick, just by a show of hands, if you are a One Voice staff or a part of the family, raise your hand. There is a reason you're hitting some tension because, because on, the, on the precipice of your inheritance, there, it will have to be fought for. There's a reason you're hitting something even personally. I feel like I said this to our crew as well. There's a reason we're hitting some breakthrough. Why? Because we're on the precipice of one of the greatest breakthroughs we've ever seen. Okay, and so check this out. We're gonna jump in. If you if you love your Bible, say I love my Bible. I I know you do. We're gonna go to First Samuel 14. Great name. Moving on. All right, uh, First Samuel 14, chapter. First, we'll go to 13. First Samuel 13, and we're gonna read this story. Okay, so in First Samuel 13, uh, verse one, it says Saul lived for one year, and then became king when he had reigned for two years over Israel. Who became king? That's right. Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel. How many men? 3, How many men? 3, How many? 3, okay, good. And it says, and 2,000 were with Saul and Michmash and the hill country of Bethel, or Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gebeah of Benjamin, the rest of the people he sent home, every man to his tent. And check this out just for a second. Jonathan defeated the garrison of the Philistines that was at Geba. And the Philistines heard it and Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying, let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard it um, and, and all Israel heard it said that Saul had defeated the garrison and the Philist- of the Philistines and also that Israel had become a stench to the Philistines and the people were called out to join Saul at Gilgal. You're like Gilgal, Michmash, Gebeah, what? Just, just follow with me real quick. Saul, right? He defeats the Philistines, this great army against Israel, and he kind of flexes on them. You know what I mean? He's like, "Dang, I'm good. My squad's good. We bad. Philistines, you running? You scared, right?" He flexes on them, but you ever flex on someone and you wish you didn't? You know, it's like you flex on someone, then they bring their cousins, and you're like, "I'm sorry," you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, I'm sorry, you know what I mean? So he flexes on the Philistines, like, "What's up, bro?" And the Philistines like, "Hang on, hang on, Goliath and all your co- and your brothers can get." On over here, right? So they come out and check out what happens. The Philistines here, right? So there's only 6,000 men, really 3,000 with Saul and Jonathan, right? And then the Philistines here, check out what happens. It says in verse five, and the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots. Oh my goodness. Everyone say 30,000 right? So Saul chose 3,000 men, right? So 3,000, ch- ch- just for a second, the Philistines started, oh, oh, oh you, you taking us? You think you bad? Okay, hang on. Let me, let me just, let me rally the squad. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. And check this out. Check this out. And troops, like the sand on the seashore in multitude. Now, just for a second, I live in Huntington Beach, right? My wife and I do. I don't know if you've ever been to the beach. I'm sure you have. I don't know if you spent time counting every little kernel, you know what I mean? Like, like 1,123, you know? And, And that's just like 10 feet around. It said more than the sand on the seashore. Are you kidding me? Talk about rallying a squad. They said, oh, you, you, you think you bad? You think you defeated us? They said 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and more troops than the sand on the seashore. Check out what happens. Check out what happens. Check out. It says this They came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of Beth Haven. It says this When the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, anyone think think that they're a little bit in trouble? You know, more than the sand on the seashore coming out of you. I think you're in a little bit of trouble, right? (laughs) The people hid themselves in caves, in holes, and in rocks and in tombs. And in cisterns. And some Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. It says Saul was still at Gilgal. And check this out. And the people followed him trembling with fear. I just want you, I want to paint this moment, right? I want to paint this moment because in many ways we are on, in, in America on the schools. We're in a position where people are trembling with fear. Why? Because they think we've been overcome. They don't know a suddenly is about to happen, yes. right? They don't understand, but check that out what happens, right? They defeat the Philistines. The Philistines flex on them, right? Then, then, then what happens is, you know, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, more than the troops on the, on, on the sea. And then what happens of, you know, you know Saul's three to 6,000 people. It says that they were so afraid that they hid themselves in holes. Everyone say holes. holes. In rocks. Everyone say rocks. rocks. They hid themselves in tombs. Everyone say Tombs. They hid themselves in cisterns. Everyone say cisterns. Cisterns. So so just for a second, I want you to paint this. 3,000 were with them. Then they got so afraid that some people left that army and hid themselves in caves. Some people went over to the other side and just ran away. And then you'll even read later in the story where some of the Hebrews were like, you know what? We're going to lose. So I'm going to join the other side. Some Hebrews actually joined the Philistine side and actually started fighting for them. I call them the bandwagon fans, you know, the, you guys in the room who are Clipper fans. Yeah, right. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys, you know, the joint, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you're like, I'm a Clipper fan now. No one's a Clipper fan. Get out of here. Anyways, moving on <laughs> a little shade, right? It's just like, are you okay? I'm fine. Okay. But 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 think about this they they followed them trembling right they followed them trembling more than the sand on the seashore i don't know i, I whatever is going on against you but i know that you don't have more than the sand on the seashore against you Right. And so I want, I want to keep walking this story in 15 in the verse 15 B. It says in 15, it says And Samuel arose and went from Gilgal. The rest of the people went after Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to of Benjamin, all these names. But keep thinking about this. And Saul numbered the people who were present with them about 600 men. Just for a second, I just want you to just live with me for a second. Make it real, right? 40, 50 staff. For us, 150 staff with Circuit Riders believing for the universities and high schools to change across America and the globe, right? But we are outnumbered by the sand on the seashore against us. One voice, same thing, right? Hundreds with you, however many, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 on staff in Jesus' name. But whatever it is, you're numbered against you as the sand on the seashore. And check out what happens is that only, right? What does it say? Only 600 men were with him, 600. And then check this out. This is even crazier. Verse 22. So on the day of battle, everyone say the day of battle. There was neither sword or sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people with Saul and Jonathan, but Saul and Jonathan, his son had them. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of What does that mean? The Philistine army were the blacksmiths of that day. They were the ones who would create weaponry. But because they were fighting the Israelites, they didn't give them any weapons. So all the weapons in all of the Israelite army was two swords. Everyone say "Two two swords. Please just live with me in this moment. More than the sand on the seashore more chariots than they could ever imagine, more horsemen than they could ever imagine, and all they have is two swords and, and fists. Fist, cuffs, and swords. Now, your fist might be awesome, but not against more than the sand on the seashore troops, okay? I want you to write this down if you're writing notes. I want you to write this down because I wanted to set this up. I don't know if I've ever encountered a more impossible situation than what we're reading right here. Think about this. When when they flexed on them and they, they responded Literally 3,000, 6,000 that Saul had shrunk down to 600, 600 men. And even those 600 men were all timid and afraid. And rightfully so, two swords in the camp. But, But I want you to write this down. Impossible situations are the ground for great opportunity. I want to write that down. Impossible situations are the ground for great opportunity. I want you to think about this. Are you outnumbered and overpowered? that is perfect ground for a miracle. Are you outnumbered and overpowered? That is perfect ground for a miracle. If you look all through the word, if you look at every story in the word, look at even think about the story of Gideon, right? He had thousands of men and God whittled it down just to 300. Why? Because God was saying, when I give you the victory, I don't want you to take credit for that victory. I don't want you to take credit for that victory. Wouldn't it be like God to have a staff of 50 that changed the course of how God moved on high school campuses? Wouldn't that be God? Why? Because you would be like, there is no way that we could have inspired a whole nation and generation. There's only 50 of us. Only four of us are fully funded. We got a Lyft and Uber and Postmates. I'm outside just playing music, you know what I'm saying? Like the ring, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm going for it. (laughs) Think about it, right? Wouldn't that be God to use a small group like you guys to change the course of history? For sure. Are you outnumbered? Are you overpowered? That is perfect ground for a miracle. I know we we were having fun in the beginning, but I want you to think about this for yourself. What is your impossible situation? Did you just obviously we're thinking of high schools, but think about is do you have an impossible situation where you're saying I'm never going to reconnect with my family? My dad and I are always going to have a horrible relationship. My mom and I are always going to have a bad relationship, right? I'm never going to reconnect with these friends. Whatever that impossible situation, I want you to look at your impossible situation in the face because I believe that God is actually leading you to it, not away from it. Like there's a reason why it's coming up in 20. There's a reason why these things are coming up. Why? Because God is getting ready to move in a miraculous way. Cause I want you to think about this. If, if it's, if you're doing something that is possible, it's in your strength. But if you're doing something that's impossible, you know, it's in his strength. And a lot of us call ministry, right? We, 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 we walk with God and what we label ministry is just only possible through our spreadsheets and what we could accomplish. Right. We're like, this is possible. This is ministry. This is God. And, and, and totally, we are going to do things that are possible. But it's when we venture into the land of impossibilities where we say, God, we need you to show up or we're completely tanked. That's when the power of God shows up. Amen. So we, we have this kind of impossible situation. Right. We have this place where, you know, there's there's no hope. Right. The garrison, everyone's afraid. Right. Think about this. You know, there's people that are hiding themselves in tombs with dead people and cisterns where you go to the bathroom. Literally, they're hiding themselves. No, think about this. They're hiding themselves. They're so afraid. They're willing to get that messy to be away from people, to be away from the fight. Now, 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 now just make it real, and I make it real for myself in the campuses and high schools. But make it real for yourself in your life. But also, let's just let's just take one voice as an example. How much of the time have we been been, or I could say for myself, angry that people have hidden themselves rather than not attacked, but but taken and taken initiative on high school campuses? How much of the time can can we spend on saying, "Why are you in that tomb"? Why are you afraid? Why did you run over that way? Why are you actually joining the enemy side? You can't look like the world. The world doesn't want what what looks like them. They want something that's completely different from them. So much of the time, we could look at what people aren't doing. But here we see Jonathan, and he isn't looking at what people aren't doing or what they are doing. He just is saying, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm going to step out, and God's going to respond. Amen? Check this out. First Samuel 14. Here we get into the story. That was a setup, but it says one day. Everyone say one day. One day. Say it like you mean it. Say one day. one day. Jonathan, the son of Saul said to the young man who carried his armor, he said, come, let us go over to the Philistines garrison on the other side. Someone say other side. Other side. Check this out. But he did not tell his father Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah, in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Checks out, including Ahijah, 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 you know, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, you know. Son of Ahitub, you know, he Ahitub, Very strange. Ichabod's, you know, brother, son of Phinehas, you know what I mean? Son of Eli, you know, all those, you know, all those great names, you know. The priests of the Lord in Shiloh were wearing an ephod. All these, we don't have time to go into it, but those are all important. And the people, checks out, and the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Someone say that. Someone say, the people. The people. Say it like me to say, the people, the people. Did not know. Did not know. That Jonathan. Had gone. check this out within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines garrison there was a rocky crag on one side and a rocky crag on the other side the name of one was Bozes everyone say Bozes, Bozes. and the other one was Senna everyone say Senna. Senna it says the one crag rose on the north in front of Michmash and the other on the south in front of Gaba I want you to just for a second that's a lot of information but here, here's what's crazy Jonathan right he talks to his armor bear right so get on up here get on up here. Come here. Come here. Right. The squad's afraid in the pomegranate cave, you know, just shaking, trying to eat pomegranates, you know, getting the pomegranate juice all over the clothes. I'm like, dang, bro. I'm friggin' pissed, man. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Are you mad, bro? Of course, man. Let's, let's just, let's just, let's just go. And let's just see what God does. You down? Let's do it. Right? Okay, just see, right? That's exactly, that's, that's what the conversation was, right? So, so Jonathan is our, but here's, just, can you sit right here just with me real quick? Here's what's crazy though, right? Jonathan didn't go, hey, uh, Saul, army, I'm gonna go save everyone's buns. Okay? And then just so you know, it was me and, and Armor Bear over here. We did it just so we could get the, what's so crazy about this is that Jonathan didn't care about the credit. No, 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 follow with me because that's going. Jonathan didn't care about Saul and the army knowing what they did. He was like, I don't care who knows. I don't need to tell anyone. I don't need credit. Why? Because I just need to fight for my generation. Amen. They were not afraid. They, they, they were like, I'm not going to tell everyone what I'm doing. And I'm not going to tell them what I'm not doing. We're just going to go and take action. And a lot of times we want to take action, but we want to take action when people know what we're doing. Right just on another high school. Hey, look at, look at us. You know what I mean? And that's not bad. I'm not saying that you can't you know, post on Instagram, but is your ministry about your posts, right? Is what you're doing about your posts, do you need people to see what you're doing? Are you willing to say, you know what? No, we going to go. we gonna, we, 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 we going to roll. it. you ready for it? Okay, check this. Out. I want you to write this down real quick. I want you to write this down. You will always have to fight for your inheritance. You can sit down. I'm going to pull you right back up in a second. Okay. Me and you, we're going to rock it. Okay. Everyone, everyone say fight. fight. Say it like you mean it. Say fight. fight. You will always have to fight for your inheritance. I want you to think about this for a second. Just, we're going to use the wilderness. We're going to use, you know, the Israelites. When the people of Israel left Egypt, when, when they left slavery, right? They were in the wilderness and in the wilderness was kind of dope because it was kind of like Joshua tree. You know what I mean? Anyways, but but it's like a cloud by day. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. You know, like like so nice. A fire by night. ooh, ooh, so warm. You know what I mean? Manna from heaven. Tortillas. Right. Just like falling. Right. 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 And you're like, whoa, quesadillas today. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You know. And they're like, I want some steak, Jesus. I want some steak, God. Quail. I don't know why. That's how the sound, you know, they came in, right? Think about this. It says their clothes never wore out. Their shoes, never, that's dope, you know? Get a, get, get a pair of Jordans and they never wore out for 40 years. You're like, how long you had these? 40 years, homes. what's up, you know? <laughs> Literally just like stunned on them. Hey, wilderness ain't bad. And, and, and a lot of times we're okay living that, that way. We look at our, our promise, right? We look at the promised land. We'll like, say, I'll get there soon. I'll get there soon. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm provided for. Man, I, I'm not getting sunburnt in the day. I'm warm at night. There's a glory tent. The glory's falling. But here's what's so crazy. Here's what's so crazy. The moment they stepped foot across the Jordan onto their promise, right? Their clothes started wearing out, right? There was no food. There was no cloud by day and no fire by night, Right? and they had to fight. Here, here's what's crazy, right? A lot of times we, we start walking closer to God, right? Think about one voice. Think about if you're a staff, even if you're not, think about this. And you move from wherever you were at to Pasadena, and you're thinking like, it's going to be amazing. You know, like, here I go. My clothes haven't worn out. I'm doing amazing. And then you get there, you're like, oh my, my my shoes are broken, man. I got holes everywhere. My My washer is actually ripping clothes. What's going on? Like, like, this is crazy. I've never had to do this. I don't even eat McDonald's and I've been eating McChickens for a month. You know what I mean? Like what is going on, right? A lot of times we, and, and, and we'll take that, right? No, no, no. Think about it. We'll, we're, we take that as the Lord saying, I'm not actually calling you into that place. We take the fight as if the Lord's redirecting us, right? We take the fight as if the Lord's redirecting us. And so then we go, Man, I know, God, you said get on to high schools, but maybe you meant online high schools and I could do that from back home. Uh, And we start to interpret what God says. Right. Man, God, I know you said you were going to give me my family, but maybe you meant the body of Christ. And uh, and we start to interpret why? Because we don't want to fight. Right but your inheritance will always be fought over. Always, always, you will always have to fight for your inheritance. That's why I said, are you feeling that tension? Are you feeling that pressure? You know, and and how, is the, how is the enemy going to attack your inheritance? He's gonna attack your relationships. We, we're gonna get into it in and say, second. But, but why? Because in John 13, it says that the world will know by the way we love each other. And so if the enemy could stop us from loving each other, right? How many of you ever heard this? You know, you're like, I I don't really go to church. Why? I just, the church has hurt me. You're like, welcome to the church. We're imperfect people, right? It's just so funny. It's like, like, of course, you know what? Are you a perfect person? No, it's really easy to love a perfect God, right? You never talk to him for a month. And then you come back here saying, sorry, God, I haven't talked to you for a month. And he's like, it's okay, my beloved. You're like, ah, I love you. You know what I mean? But then try and, try and ignore your best friend, you know? You give, you know, you, know, you uh, I grew up with two older sisters, and so girls are savage in the way that they, you know. <laughs> guys, guys will be like, bro, I hate you, man. You're the worst. And then you're like, just, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Girls would just say, like, hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had that coffee? Yeah, I went to there yeah, two months ago. <laughs> Bless you, you know? And you're like, Whoa. What just happened? You know what I mean? Like, oh my goodness, right? we are having fun, right? I'm having fun. But why? Because the enemy is trying to attack our inheritance. Why is there so much warfare over our friendships? Why? Because it's linked to our inheritance. It's linked to our inheritance. I think a few things we need to ask ourselves is, dude, and, and I, we have to ask ourselves, and again, I ask myself all this all the time. Do you want people to know what you do? Because if you want people to know what you do, ministry is probably not the best thing for you because you will be misunderstood. You're, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to do something. You know, you say one thing from the front, 10 people in the room. There's always going to be that one person that's like, you could have said it different. You know what I mean? You're like, I just said that there's free donuts in the back. You could have said donuts are for free in the back. You're like, like let me lay some hands on you in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I'm just getting free over here. But 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 here's here's what's crazy, right? Here's what's crazy. Are you with me? If you're with me, say I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, so come come back up, right? So I'm like I'm like hey, armor bearer, let's roll. Me and you, 24/7, doc. All right. So so then we're like let's go. So we dip over here, right? We roll over here. The army, they're all afraid there. But then where do we walk to? We walk to a place called Bozes and Senna. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Let me explain what it means. Bozes means slippery. Senna means sharp. We walked into a cliff where it was a slippery and sharp rocks that we were around. And why am I saying that? A lot of times you walk out in faith, you're like, we're gonna see our city saved. And you walk out and you encounter a barrier. You encounter a slippery and sharp rock. You encounter something standing in front of you. And this is our response. God didn't say that. (laughs) If God, if God said it, there wouldn't be obstacles. There would be a runway. There would be a runway. And I would just be able to dance into it. You know what I mean? Just, just run or stunt or give them a little, whoa, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, why is there slippery and sharp rocks? And we take, stay with, stay with me, stay with me. We take the slippery and sharp and we take that as the Lord saying, no, no, you know, if God is given you a word, it's gonna be obstacle free. Here's what's so crazy. John and his armor bearer were like, it's time to rescue our people. We're gonna move forward. And they didn't allow another hindrance to hinder their faith. I'm gonna say it again. They walked out and there was a hindrance, but they didn't let that hindrance hinder their faith. In the same way, right? What are we believing? We're believing for those 32,000 high schools, right? However many there are, as they add hundreds and thousands every year, we're believing that every single high school, come on, no high school left behind in Jesus' name, amen? Go ahead and sit down, thank you. Man of God, I'm pulling him up because he's about to get married in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. So check this out, check this out, right? Slippery and sharp rock. If, you, if you're enjoying this, say, I enjoy this. Okay, good, good, because we could change it up. No, we won't. It's okay. You're stuck with me for a few more minutes. Okay, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor bearer, so, so so Andy, right, so and just stay there, but he's carrying the armor bearer, and, and, and Jonathan goes, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. We won't talk about that. Ask Barcelona about that later. Um, may, <laughs> what's that? Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> It may be that the Lord will work for us. Check this out. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Everyone say by many. By many. Say like you mean to say by many, by many. Or, by few. or by few. In verse seven, and his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has given them into our hand and this shall be assigned to us. Man, Jonathan is crazy. Reminds me of, of Barcelona, right? He's like, OK, here's what we're going to do. We're going to show up on a campus. And if there are people there, we're going to go in. You know what I mean? You're like, uh, it's a high school campus, Barcelona. What do you think? Every campus, what's he saying? He's saying every campus, no campus is going to be left behind, right? So come on up here, come on up here, right? So what, what happens is he goes, hey, listen, I got this crazy dream. There's a garrison up there and guess what we're gonna do is we're gonna tackle him and we're gonna take him out. Here's what's really important. When someone shares an act of faith and a gift of faith, it's very important what that person says back, right? Wow. He could have been like, you know what? Do you think that's a good idea? Probably not. You got one sword. And I only got a shield. And I don't think that he could have he could have shut Jonathan down. Right. He could have said, "Nah, you shouldn't do that. But what does he respond with? He says, no, do all that is in your heart. Right. So if this is Jonathan and I'm his armor bearer. Right. And he's saying, yo, let's go over there. And my response to him is, hey, do all that is in your heart. I am with you heart and soul. Some of you guys in this room have had this moment where you have shared a scary dream of faith, and you've been wet blanketed. Right? You've been like, I just, I just feel like you know God's giving me a call to be an evangelist. God's giving me a call, you know, to preach the gospel. God's giving me a call to a nation in South America. And someone's been like, well, Have you ever even traveled outside of California? Like, dang. And what's happened is someone's wet blanketed you. And what God's saying is wanting to give everyone in this room this morning permission to dream and do their dreams. What's so crazy is that. Jonathan carried faith, but it was the armor bearer that activated it, right? Why? Because Jonathan said, let's go to the other side. But the armor bearer could have said, no, nah, let's do that another time. But he said, no, I'm with you heart and soul. If we got to go up there and die together, let's die together. If we got to live together. Let's live together. We're doing this. Go ahead and sit down. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I want you to write this down. I want you to think about this. The pioneering minority plus God in the story, they were in total unity through a mutually shared vision, total trust, total support of each other, relying totally on God. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to write it down if you want to. If your hands are fast, you can. But the pioneering minority plus God in the story, we're in total unity through a mutually shared vision, total trust, total support of each other, relying totally on God. Someone give me an amen. amen. You've heard this before, but God isn't focused on our ability, but our availability. I want you to think about this just for a second. The safest place isn't where there isn't any battle, but the safest place is in the will of God, right? What's so crazy is that Jonathan was actually called into battle. And the safest place, it says in the book of Samuel, first and second Samuel says, when the kings go out to battle, David stayed home. And right after that was when he saw Bathsheba, slept with her, killed her husband. Why? Because he wasn't in the will of God. He wasn't in battle. And here's what's so crazy. You might, God might be calling you into war. God might be calling you into battle and you're saying, God, is this safe? And God's saying, hey, listen, the safest place for you is actually in my will. You know it's so crazy, right? This whole coronavirus. You know, no, no. You know, like, and I know it's real. But I've been reading articles about healing miraculous outbreaks in the midst of what's happening right now. It does. We don't question what's happening, but the enemy always wants to use a fear tactic against us. And as people, as believers, we're saying, "Listen, we're going to take the right precautions. You better wash your hands in Jesus' name. Don't cough on me in Jesus' name." You know what I mean? But at the same time, what are we doing? We're not going to let one virus stop us. We got a kingdom that we're a part of in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to keep reading. If the band could come up, it says this in first Samuel 14, 11, right? So he says, we're going to go to the other side, right? So Armand Barrett, come up here. We're going to go to the other side and, and check out, check out Jonathan's crazy plan. Everyone say crazy plan. Crazy plan. Jonathan's like, okay, check this out, bro. Here's what we're going to do is we're going to go to the other side. And when we show ourselves to them, if they call us out, we're going to climb slippery, sharp rock, and then we going to kill them, okay? But if they say stay there, then we'll stay here. Think about this. The Philistines know that they outnumber them by thousands to one, right? So literally, there's two of us up there. One guy waving a sword around. Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, like what's up? You want this? dog, what's up? You know, like, like waving around. Of course, the Philistine, the garrison's like 50 people. Of course, they're going to be like, think about this. If you rolling deep with the homies, right? And there's two people talking smack, you gonna be like, come here, come here. Not anymore, right? Because we're going to hug them. You know, when we say, come here, we're going to love them. But before, think about in your fighting days, you're going to be like, yeah, come on. Yeah, 50 to two. What's up? Jonathan was so crazy. He was saying, if they call us up, that's a sign from God. <laughs> really? But 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 that but that's the kingdom. It don't make sense. We we look at something and we say we got two. We could take LA. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 got, we got two. We could take San Francisco. Yeah. Two two of us here. Yeah, give us the south. We rolling deep, right? What, what, it doesn't make sense the kingdom of God. You're like, wait wait wait. You got two. You got 50 people on staff at one voice. How are you gonna impact all the high school campuses? It, it gonna happen. It gonna happen. How? It's gonna happen. Pay attention. It's gonna happen. And here's what's so crazy. Check this out. Stay with me right up here. Stay with me, okay? Just smile at him. So wave at the camera. He's gonna get married. It says So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed. They insulted Jonathan and his arm bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, he goes, come up after me for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Someone say, come on, Jesus. It says, then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. Talk about a movie that needs to be made. This is crazy. And that first strike which Jonathan and his armor bearer made killed about 20 men. Everyone say men. 20 men. Within as it were half a furrow's length in an acre of land, half a mile. And there was, check this out. There was a panic in the camp. In the field and among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled, the earth quaked and it became a very great panic. I want you to write this down. Our acts of obedience results in great moves of God. Our acts of obedience result in great moves of God. Here's what's crazy. They called us up and what did they say? It said they climbed up on their hands and feet. Hands and feet, gritty hard work. And sometimes we have a crazy dream over our life, but we don't wanna do the hard work. We don't want to pay the price. We don't want to drive those two hours to that high school. We don't want to make those phone calls. We don't want to send those messages. We don't want to jump on those spreadsheets because when we thought ministry, we thought it was going to be more of a stage. And God's actually given us a towel. God's saying it's actually not going to be of here as much more. It's going to be about serving people. But well, here's what's so amazing is they're like, God is for us. And they climb up on their hands and feet. Why? Because Jonathan and his armor bearer decided they would rather die in their faith than live in their unbelief. I wow. want you to think about this for a second. Six, 598 men were alive under the pomegranate tree, but shaking with fear. Wow. Jonathan his and his armor bearer said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of fear and pomegranate juice. I hate it. You know, <laughs> like, like, let's go. Why? Because will either die in faith because I can't live in unbelief anymore. Everyone always hates about Peter when he stepped out of the boat and walked on water and started sinking. But there was 11 other men that stayed in the boat of unbelief. Only one man stepped out. And it didn't say he sank. It says he was sinking, right? I don't know if you've ever walked on water. I haven't. I've tried many times. But anyways, you know what I mean? But I, I, you, never, you don't really sink through water. You just sink. He was sinking. At least he had sinking faith, right? Then unbelief with the other 11 in the boat. And so what are we saying? What Jonathan and his arm are saying is like, let's go up there and check out what happens. What happens is that they, they defeat 20 men. 20 men. In the span of half a furrow's length, right? But 20 men, you should ask yourself this 20 men is not more than the sand on the seashore, is it? I'm not a mathematician, but I did like math in high school. Weird, I know. But 20 men, two men killed 20 men, that's cool, put it on a plaque. But what's amazing is when we step out in small steps of faith, God re- responds with a great move of God. What happens here? You got to look at this. It says that not only did 20 men die, right? But it says there was a panic in the camp. Everyone say in the camp. In the camp. Say it like you mean say in the, camp. in the camp. It says in the field among the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled, the earthquake and it became a very great panic. What's incredible about this is that when Jonathan and his armorer stepped out in faith, And when they stepped out, God responds with an earthquake right after that. And the camp, if you look at it, historically is over a mile away from where that garrison was at. Two men. No one else knew what was going on. Smacking them. He's like getting them out. You know what I mean? Like for Jesus. All right. 20 men die. And in a moment, an earthquake hits. Miles away. Thousands of men, more than the sand on the seashore, are hit with the panic. Who is that? That's the Holy Ghost. God moving in power and fighting when we couldn't fight. Amen. And then check this out as we're ending. You can sit down. Thank you, bro. Can we make some noise here? The man. I want to hit this part because this is the part where we're coming home. Verse 16. It says, the watchmen of Saul and Gabeah and Benjamin looked and behold, the multitude was dispersing here and there. For a moment. Think about this. They're over here in the pomegranate cave. Sorry, I'm away from the cameras. I'll be back. They're over here. They're so afraid. Oh my God, we're going to die. In a moment, Jonathan and his armor bearer slay all these guys and the earthquakes, And now all they see is Philistines running left and right. What's going on? What's going on? Check out what happens right here. Verse 17. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, count and see who has gone from us. And when they had counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. So Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God here. In verse 19. Now when Saul was talking to the priests, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines, it increased more and more. Everyone say more and more. more. Say it like me to say more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand, verse 20. Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into battle. And behold, every Philistine sword was against his fellow. Someone say, come on, Jesus. And there was a great, very great confusion. Check this out. This is where I want you to pay attention. Now the Hebrews who had been with the Philistines before that time, the bandwagon fans, right? The Clipper fans, right? Just kidding. If you're a Clipper fan, I love you. The Hebrews who had been with the Philistines before that time, who had gone up to them into the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Check this out. And likewise, when all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle passed beyond beth Check this out. Last point, impossible situations are a setup for God to get all the glory. And possible situations are a setup for God to get all the glory. Here's what's so amazing about this story. Jonathan could have yelled at Saul in the army. He could have yelled at the people who joined the Philistine side. Or he could have yelled at the people who were in tombs and cisterns and hidden themselves. But what did Jonathan do? He was obedient to what God asked him to do. And 20 men. That's not that much. That's not that much. But they were obedient to step out in faith. And when that happened, God responded with a great move with a great movement. And guess what? Instead of having to focus on why all these other Christians aren't doing their work, they focused on the mission. And when God moved, all the other Christians started seeing, oh my goodness, God is moving. And they started rallying and a great victory happened on that day. Someone give me a shout and give me an amen. So as we're ending in I'll give you two calls and then I'll give it back to the team. We'll worship a little bit, but I want to do some takeaways on this teamwork. Why am I saying this? Because I'm saying this is that what is that? You plus God is the majority, right? We might see thousands of high school students out there, but us plus God is actually the majority. What are the crazy dreams that God is giving us? What are the amount of churches that are going to be rallied in the same way? We could look at churches and we could say, man, why aren't they on high schools? Why aren't they on universities? Or we could step out in faith like you guys have been doing, showing them how to do it. And they're like, I want to get in on that action. Yeah. And God's rallying us. What are those impossible tasks that God is giving you? But the, but the reality is, is it's their teamwork that changed the nation. One voice, if you hear anything that I say, it's gonna be your teamwork and your family that changes the nation. And you carry such a deep family. I know that from the Barcelonas, but I wanna encourage you, do not allow one piece of frustration or offense to step in the way and stand in the gap. No, why? Because God is actually gonna take these next 10 years and they're gonna blow your mind for what God's gonna do, more than you could ever think or imagine. We started with the high schools in America These next 10 years, we're going to take it to the nations. Amen. We're going from glory to glory. These are the the simple takeaways. One, their teamwork, their dependency was entirely upon God. Two, they were determined that all the glory would go to God. Three, they manifested biblical unity. They showed biblical unity that was based upon genuine humility. Right? The armor bearer and Jonathan didn't fight we're like, I want to be Jonathan. I want to, because in many times, one day you'll be a Jonathan, the next day you'll be an arm bearer. And you're saying, I'm okay with either one. As long as God gets the glory, they manifested, they showed biblical unity that was based upon genuine humility. And the last point is they diligently sought God for his direction in detail and totally obeyed his word. I want you to ask yourself, what is the impossible in your life? Can we trust God who makes all things possible? If you could bow your heads and close your eyes, because I want to I ask you two things. The first thing I always want to give an opportunity is, you know, in Luke 18, it's 27. It says, what is impossible with man is possible for God. The Really, the first thing that is the greatest impossibility in our, in our life is to be called a son, to be called a daughter, to come into his kingdom. And maybe you've walked in this room and you've either known God and you went away from God, or maybe you never made a commitment to follow Jesus. And the greatest impossibility that we look at for ourselves is actually salvation. There's no way we could get to God. Before there would be good news, there has to be bad news. There's no way we were destined to be separated from God forever. But that's why Jesus, God sent his only son, to the earth. And he said, not on my watch. Humanity will not be separated from me forever. Jesus, right? He paid a price we can never pay to give us a relationship we can never attain. And if you're in this room and maybe you've tried the world and maybe you've tried religion, or maybe you're in a place where you're 50% in, 50% out, I want to encourage you that Jesus is either going to be Lord of your life. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. And I think what I want to encourage you is that there might just be one or two or three in this room where you know that you need to make a decision to go all in. The best way that I put it is, is as if when you, you know, meet Jesus or encounter God, you almost, your if your life is like a car, you almost have him sit in the passenger seat. And a lot of times, you know, Western Christianity tells us. You know, Jesus is just going to be sitting in the passenger seat. You're going to lead, but he's going to be an addition. He's going to be a side dish. But the reality is, is that God is everything or he's nothing. And there comes a time in our life through biblical Christianity when the Lord taps us on our shoulder and says, hey, can I drive? Can I lead your life? Come on. Can I tell you where you're going? And you're like, no, God, you don't understand. I know exactly where I'm going. My direction on seven. God's like, no, you don't understand. You will lead yourself to death and destruction, but I will lead you to life forevermore. And this morning, if you're in this room and you know you got to get right with God, whether you've been a prodigal or maybe you've never received Jesus, I'm going to count to three and I want to give you that opportunity. No one looking around. And here's the reality. Your church is not going to be standing with you in heaven when God says, do you know me? Your family is not going to be standing with you. You're not going to be like, yo, I went to, you know, Christian worship center, you know all growing up, that was my home church. And so yeah, Bishop Steve, you know, he's in, in, so I'm in too. No, that's not how it works. It's either gonna be, do we know him or do we not? And I say that because God wants to have a real relationship with you, with every head bowed and all eyes closed. If that's you, and you need to surrender to Jesus this morning, whether it be your first time or your last time, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. One, Jesus loves you so much two. This is the greatest decision you can make. Three. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. Amen. 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 Come on. Yes. Can we make some noise? Can we just say, come on, we can do better than that. We can do better. Why don't we all stand real quick? We're going to pray together and then I'm going to make one call and then one last call. Just pray this with me. Just say this. Say Jesus. Jesus. Say "Jesus." Jesus. I thank you. That you, came. that you came. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say that you, that you came. That you died on a cross. You on the cross. That you rose, the you rose from the grave. And that you did that for me. That that for me. I, confess I confess I'm a sinner. And that I need a Savior. Need a savior. So this morning, Jesus, so this morning, Jesus I, declare I declare that you are Lord and Savior of my life. My life. Whether, this my Whether this be my first time or my last time, I give, you my yes. I give you my yes. Why don't you open up your hands in a place of receiving and say this. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come, and fill me up. come and fill me up. I'm going to pray for you. One second. Lord, I thank you so much for this room. And I thank you for every person that responded with that yes. And we just pray that you fill every single one of us up specifically for those people that gave you their yes. And we thank you so much. We thank you so much. The last call is going to be more of a corporate call. And we're going to go into worship in a second. But I just feel like there's some impossible things that are standing in front of some of you guys, probably in front of a lot of us. But I feel like God is getting ready to turn the fire up. He's getting ready to turn it up for you. Specifically, I feel like for the One Voice staff, I feel like God is turning the fire up, why? Because you are on the precipice of the greatest breakthrough you've seen. And I feel like what God's doing is he's inviting you into these impossible situations. And there's some of us that we've run from it or we switched it, but God's saying, no, I actually wanna bring that breakthrough and that courage, right? Encouragement is to put courage within people. And I hope this morning that I put courage inside of you by saying, guess what? Whatever high school, whatever college, whatever family member, whatever is going on, God wants to put courage in you to believe for the impossible. So if there are impossible things that have come up as, 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 as I've been sharing, and you're saying, not today, Satan, I'm stepping forward and taking my inheritance. In the same way Brian had us come up for worship, I want you to get out of your row. I want you to come to the front because there's going to be an inheritance and an invitation to tackle the impossible. Come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up.